Say goodbye to things scattered, stressed, and the last minute scrambles to fund your real estate deals. If you're ready to stop chasing leads, endlessly connecting on Facebook, social media, and Zoom, just to pitch your stuff to anything that moves and breathes, listen up. The Daily Investor Lead Flow is finally here. This tool has forever helped us pinpoint where to focus our capital raising efforts and where to free our time and energy. Head over to dailyinvestorleadflow.com to discover how much of a game changer it can be for you. The Daily Investor Lead Flow literally changed everything for us. Now you can finally have the opportunity to take back your time and get your life back. Remember those times you reached out to investors and heard nothing back? Those days are coming to an end. This tool will zoom out, highlighting all the gaps. It will also zoom in, removing all the guesswork from prioritizing your efforts. Plus, it will help set clear expectations for your business and ensure that your capital raising strategies are assets, not liabilities. Don't wait, take the daily lead flow by going to dailyinvestorleadflow.com. That's dailyinvestorleadflow.com. Your future self will forever thank you. If you're a new investor, our market selection can seem so daunting. Exactly. And everyone has an opinion on where and how you should invest. From finance bros on Reddit to your Uncle Henry at, you know, Thanksgiving party. Hey, I'm Palmy. And I'm Nancy. And, and together we make the Kitty Sisters. We are apartment syndication experts, entrepreneurs, and real estate investors. Nine years ago, we made a change in our financial futures by ditching the 9 to 5. Discover the joy and security in making money while we sleep. We made this podcast to help high-level entrepreneurs secure their financial future while paying virtually zero tax by utilizing apartment syndication. And we're going to show you how. This is Cashflow Multipliers, the podcast dedicated to your financial freedom for the lifestyle you deserve. Hello and welcome back, Cashflow Multipliers team. Thank you for joining us today on the only podcast dedicated to high-level passive investors who are securing their financial futures through apartment syndication. If this is your first time with us, we're thrilled you're here. If your friend told you about this pod or you've been following us online, we're grateful that you made it to the corner of the universe or internet, <laughs> whichever you would like to think. <laughs> and for our friends who has been here for a while, thank you for being back. We are so thankful for our community. You guys really do inspire us so much of the work we do here. So what are we talking about today, Nan? Do you remember those three rules of real estate? Yes. <laughs> you mean location, location, location? Yep, exactly. Seems simple enough, right? For multifamily apartment investors, success often come to location and market you have you know, chosen to invest in. We talk a lot about landlord-friendly states, the tax law within those states, and how up-and-coming neighborhoods for young families are prime. But if you're a new investor, our market selection can seem so daunting. Exactly. And everyone has an opinion on where and how you should invest. From finance bros on Reddit to your Uncle Henry at, you know, Thanksgiving party. And you know you can't trust him, right? He's pretty shady. We don't, actually, we're we don't not have talking, an uncle. We're not talking. Actually, we do. We're not talking about him. He's the uncle we tried not to remember. So why should you listen to us? We currently have ownership in $200 million of properties and have been an apartment operator over three and a half years. Meaning we survived a pandemic apartment freeze back in the day and have gone from zero to owning over 5,000 units in that period of time. Then we decide to dedicate our wealth of knowledge to this incredible community audience of high-level investors to grow your wealth. So when it comes to knowing where you should invest, we might have a proven opinions or two. Or three or four. <laughs> so today we're going to be talking to four must-know metrics for you to know as a past investor beyond location. To kick things off, the first metric you need to know as an apartment investor is to understand the net migration during a set period of time. 
net migration figures can be some of the most important metric to analyze since it speaks directly to you know, the population changes in the area. Basically, knowing who's moving versus who's moving out. A reflection of positive net migration speaks to the future performance of the area. There isn't a nature, like, analogy that I don't love, which is why when I think of net migration, I think of birds and bee. Ooh, what are you trying to tell me, Ned? <laughs> Easy. Bees are always on the lookout for a new home, aka hive, to settle in. However, bees similar to human, like us human, who have zero zero tabs open, are always looking for the best and most optimal homes to live in. Once it's located, all the bees swarm in and make themselves comfortable. Okay, Nan, bee lover and naturalist. So what happens to the bees or what happens once the beekeepers move the hive and the bees within it? Interestingly enough, even after the bees has been relocated by a professional, the pheromones send still lingers and make that location still really attractive to the next colonies of bees. You could say there was a buzz about it. <laughs> oh, ooh, puns. Nan, yeah. Nan the punner. <laughs> so I see where you're going with this. What makes the market attractive to other people is opportunity in the area. Therefore, you will always want to invest in markets with strong net migration numbers. It's a good sign that when you see other people wanting to move and relocate into the area. So... Where are these populars in demand places, right, you ask? In the show note today, guys, we're going to include a map of U.S. with the highest projected net migration data for your reference. Some of those places include, you know, Phoenix, Arizona, Dallas, Fort Worth, and Houston, Texas. Actually, like, those are probably the top four places in some particular order with, with the most current data. So great point to bring up. So, Nan, why do people move to these areas to begin with? Well, there could be a myriad of reasons. Closer to family, a new pace of living, college, and university, right? However, the biggest reason has a direct correlation with their job, right? Your job growth. This brings back to the point number two. Go where the job grows, right? In many ways, this is probably the leading indicator that drives net migration into areas. Metro like Dallas, Fort Worth, Phoenix, you know, like um, Austin, Houston, Atlanta, Memphis are just some example of booming job economy that come on the scene in the last decade or so. Ah, okay. So this kind of harkens back to our time um, going through our safaris in Africa, right? <laughs> oh, yes. So, I mean, like the water holes, basically all the animals go to the watering hole. So where there's a watering hole, in our example, it's jobs, more animals are going to go there, right? Yes. So these metros are attracting homegrown and relocating companies in tech, finance, healthcare, bioscience, technology, high-tech manufacturing, and transportation. We know what you might be thinking here. What about those whole work-from-home movement? Well, actually, that's what that wasn't what I was thinking. I was thinking what was for lunch. <laughs> Oops. You, you didn't read my mind, Nan. We're not in sync. Oh, sorry about that. While you're not wrong to think that a lot of these companies still need a home base to manufacture products, build and construct, and those laborious jobs can only be done in person, no matter how big an impact the work from home movement has been. Here's the key when scouting where the jobs are. Look for a location that have a well-balanced job base. That's a really great point, Nan. This protects the area from having a massive drop, such as the case of in secondary or tertiary markets, which only have the support of one or two companies. Think about Caterpillar announcing earlier um, this week that they're moving their headquarters from Peoria, Illinois to Irving, Texas. Another example here is 
one of our recent deal in Atlanta, Georgia, it has a diverse and strong economic drivers. Not only is only 10 miles away from the number one busiest airport in the nation, but Delta Airlines, Microsoft, Google, and Home Depot, and even UPS are there. <laughs> you know what? Every time you say UPS, I think USPS. It's UPS, Palm. <laughs> Big difference. One's <laughs> profitable, one's not. Oops. <laughs> so remember when everyone is freaking out last year about Elon moving or threatening to move Tesla's factories out of California to relocate it to Texas? Oh, yeah. It shows us the power that one company has over its residents if its only driver of the economy is that one company. Yeah, so next up is where things can get a little technical but totally necessary when looking at your metrics on where you want to invest in apartment syndication. Multifamily apartments, properties, revenue, and resident ability to not only just afford rent, but also rent increases indirectly correlated with the type of employment opportunity in the market. Want to make sure jobs that are booming in the area can pay your potential residents whatever the economy throws at them. This is where a strong market, a job market, comes into play and will drive up net migration into the given market, thus increasing the demand for housing in the area. So, Nan, how do you calculate this metric? How can you ensure that the location you're looking to invest in will have the right residents to occupy them? Well, you have to look at the physical building and supply that support them. And there are two variables to consider when doing this, right? So one, the existing inventory simply means how many units exist and are available to lease right now, currently. The second one is the current construction pipeline. This factors in the number of units that are projected to come online within the next one or two or three years. They are on the horizon on being built. Both variables are really important to know since they will be a clear indicator of whether or not the demand is going to keep up with the available supply. When you said this, this reminds us of our Atlanta property that we mentioned earlier. There's no current construction in the pipeline within five mile radius. Talk about demand here. Yes, yes. So what indicates a good metric for these variables? Ideally, you want to invest in markets with low available current supply and little to no apartments coming online. What about the person who wants to invest in an up-and-coming Class A apartment in the area? Isn't that a good thing? It can be, but consider this. For us, the Kitty Sisters, one of our investment criteria is to pick sub-market with supply constraint with both physical and administrative barriers to constructing new buildings because these limitations will support our rent growth without diluting our residence base. This makes sense because having a strong rent base is critical to the overall success of your investment. So securing these places where income is flowing without having to worry too much about competition will get you to where you want with your investments. Relating this number to the net absorption rate, this number represents the total number of units in the market that became physically available, I mean occupied in a given period minus the number of units that became physically vacant. The strong positive net absorption indicates that demand is outpacing supply, which directly impacts rent growth. Okay, the last metric you need to know when looking where you should invest lies in the vacancy rate. When supply is extremely tight, there is a limited number of new units available. This area's vacancy rate will be very low. That's why we traditionally look for physical vacancy rates at 8% or lower. Cash flow multipliers, low vacancy is great for many obvious reasons. Tenants are leasing, secure cash flow, and in a location that is clearly desirable. The 8% figures only confirms that and now you know what to look for. We can hear some of you already saying, this is all great, but how do I as a past investor know where to start when trying to look for these numbers? And that's completely a fair question and should be left to your general partners to answer. Want to know if your GP is legit? 
they should be able to present these numbers right away during a webinar presentation. And if for some reason you ask them and they don't reply, then it's a red flag, right, Pom? Red flag, yes. <laughs> <laughs> this may mean they probably haven't done the necessary market study to ensure the investment thesis they are proposing is viable. So how are you feeling about just relying on location, location, location? Hear this. It's not that we completely disagree with those rules. It's the why behind what we're trying to emphasize here. Why should you invest in a location that makes all the difference when you're calculating the risk, bringing other past investors on, or feeling secure about your investments, especially if you're just starting out? We believe you're more than capable to do the hard work of due diligence that will result in making you a more confident and financially free passive investors. That's it for today's episode. As always, be sure to check out our previous episodes at thekittysisters.com slash podcast. Plus, follow us on Instagram at thekittysisters so you never miss anything. Thank you guys for being here. Before you leave, give us a rating and review. It means so much to us when you do. Talk soon. We can't wait to begin this journey with you. Check us out at thekittysisters.com slash podcast. podcast.